So, but but once those pads come on, Tevin Jenkins is a son of a bitch. Here, <laughs> here. <laughs> oh, that was good. There is that the Bears' offense is just like Tony's Wi-Fi, which is uh, struggling. Um. <laughs> Welcome back to the Irish Bear Show. It is great to be back. It is great to be live on a show because it seems like most of the time we've been doing these pre-recorded videos the last the last week or so, and we've been busy with them. But it's always good to be able to talk a little bit about the Bears live to get some of your guys' comments in. Tony, we did a show last week with, with Seth kind of talking about some of the things in terms of the free agents. It's slowly starting to become a little bit more real. Where yeah. we're finally getting closer. We're only, what, two weeks out now to where we will be on a show this time in two weeks' time. And I suppose I'll probably put it, be putting in the breaking news sounder about 50 times because it's going to be absolute chaos and I can't wait. I'm hoping we get our money's worth out of that thing. No, I, that's what I'm thinking. Two weeks from tonight, we're sitting here. The rumors are swirling. The Bears are probably linked with at least one or two guys that we think we're going to go over the line on on Wednesday when the when the league season starts. It's exciting, but that's what I was saying earlier on. We've got we've got cuts and releases happening. We've got coaches being hired. We've got all sorts of carry on going on. We've got people at the combine talking nonsense. Clearly talking nonsense, but it doesn't stop everyone from having a meltdown, and it doesn't stop everyone from trying to make something out of nothing. But that's the fun of it all. Um, and, and I love it, to be honest with you. So um, roll on two weeks from now. It, it can't start soon enough for me, to be honest with you. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I completely agree. We got to see uh, Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus just completely try to bamboozle the media and to not basically to seem like they're answering everybody's question without answering anybody's question. And it takes a really good skill. They must be learning from some politicians and stuff out there because that's... I, we always say this, right? The two in, the two interviews or press conferences that are the most useless ones are the ones at the combine. Now you get a little bit of information. You get like what they're looking for, right? Like, and they all will say they're looking for the information because that's actually true. When we do our combine show later on this week, where we will be live on Thursday to kind of look at the defensive linemen and look at some of the linebackers and possibly be on on, on Saturday as well for when the wide receivers come on. We as fans will look at the 40 times. We as fans will look at how these guys work out because it's fun because it's the first bit of football action that we get to look at for a while. But in terms of for these teams, what they actually look for, it's all an information gathering on three different fronts. Number one, they want to figure out if there's any guys that are gone to the combine that weren't healthy, are they healthy? Or at what stage will they be healthy? Number two is they'll finally get some of these like red flags that maybe some of the scouts have been hearing about and talking to these guys and seeing, is this legit? Is this a guy that we can cross off our boards now? Or then they're going to see the, I think the only time in terms of the workouts that it really matters is if something crazy happens and they're like, Oh, we better go back and watch this guy on tape again, because we didn't think he had that speed or 
we didn't think he was that slow. And we need to go back and see, well, does he play at that speed? That's pretty much the only thing they care about. That's the first part of it. The second part of it, especially when you are the Bears, you have a number one pick in the draft that you probably don't want to keep. And also you have the most money in free agency is they're going to use that week to know, well, first of all, who is interested in trading up? Second, what is the basis of a deal? We said this probably two weeks ago, Tony, that the first time we are going to get legitimate rumors about a trade for the number one pick at the draft will be at the combine because they're finally going to be talking to these teams because the GMs will be in the same room. So that's the that's going to be kind of the interesting part that if we start to see guys like Adam Schefter, Ian Rappaport, or even some of the other national guys that aren't just like talking heads on their own shows, that's when we can start to see, okay, who's actually interested in these prospects or who's actually interested in moving up. And that's where you're going to get it. The other thing is, and people don't like to admit this because again, it's technically illegal in the NFL circles, this is really where the free agent deals get done. Like these free agents know exactly where they're going at the end of the combine for the most part, the top guys do. They know if they're getting extended by their own team. They know if they're getting franchise tagged and they know if they're not getting extended or franchise time, roughly what team are they going to? So that's what makes this really interesting because you slowly hear some of the snippets come out and then maybe a week later we start to hear or some of the reporters sneakily try and kind of lobby guys going to these teams. So if you know of a guy that is very in tune with a certain team and they write an article or they talk about a team and they say, this guy would be a really good fit for this team, it's probably because those two parties are interested in doing it. So this is what makes this week really, really interesting. And the fact is, Ryan Poles did speak today. Matt Eberflus did speak today. And we do have a good amount of information here to try and pick out what the information that we thought was important and relevant. And obviously it's all going to resolve or revolve around the number one pick of the draft and Justin Fields. And I think you and me had a completely different kind of perspective on this when we first listened to it. Um, Personally for me, when I heard it, because the main talking point I heard was one of the questions from one of the reporters asking Ryan Poles about how does he feel about Justin Fields and does he expect him to be the quarterback next year? And he, in so, <clears throat> in so many words, he basically said, yeah, but I can see the other side of it where he was asked a different question and he said, well, we have to do our due diligence and all that sort of stuff, which is kind of like GM speak because he doesn't want to, like make a mess of any sort of negotiations that may be going on. But before we kind of delve into this, what was, what was your kind of first thoughts of when you listened to the press conference today in terms of that whole Justin Fields and potentially trading down? Well, my first thoughts were that, you know, it's, it's lying season. We are trying to entice people to trade up. We're trying to get it get it going. We're trying trying to start the race between all these quarterback needy teams to try and move up. And if they might think for a second that we might look at drafting another quarterback, um, you know, in the top end of the draft, then you know they may be more inclined to throw a few extra picks at us 
or, or, or something along those lines. So, yeah, it's always the same with these things. You know, I said before he came out to speak, we've got so excited about these conversations and these interviews, and you get nothing from it, really. Um, but sometimes you get you get a couple of wee snippets. You're right, though, in terms of what I thought about uh, what he was saying about Justin Fields, it was a wee bit different from what you thought, because when I heard him talking about, um, you know, right, say, for instance, you've got Tom Brady as your quarterback, or you've got Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback. Well, not so much this year, but in previous years. Um, if someone asked you, is this guy your quarterback move, uh, for the season? Yeah, of course he is. You would just come out. So the point I was trying to make was that, and this isn't taking anything away from Justin Fields or what he could be. The point I'm trying to make is he's still not solidified himself as that guy. That's not over the line yet. He's not at that level where he can, where everyone can actually say, yeah, definitely he's going to be the guy. There is all there's that ounce creeping in in every conversation. It's like, well, is he really your guy? You've got Bryce Young there. Is that someone you want to maybe look at instead? And Paul's is absolutely plain to that. But at the same time, he has doing his due diligence, as you say, but any good general manager worth their salt would absolutely look at every prospect at the top of the draft and say, well, I'm, at the t I'm number one overall here. Are these guys better than what I've got at the moment? And if they are, you probably take them. If they're not, then you won't. You know, so you've you've got to do what you've got to do. You've got to you've got to kind of you know fling people in different directions and and try and put them off. Um, but at the same time, he can't be a hundred percent in his own heart confident without speaking to all these other prospects that he's he's all. He might be ninety nine percent all in Justin Fields, but there will always and and you might not want to hear this, but there is that one percent of people going, well, what about this guy? What if that mm -hmm. did work out better? Because that's what that's what these guys do, you know. Um, so that was what I took from it was that if he had been a quarterback who'd been there for years, th this conversation wouldn't even be happening. You know, it'd be like, yeah, he's the quarterback. We're at number one overall, you know, and we would take someone else. But obviously, mm -hmm. where we're at, that's not the situation at all. And I think you just have to appreciate that, um, even though we, you know, Justin Fields isn't going anywhere. None of us want Justin Fields to go anywhere. Um, but he has to, to to be thinking that way. Yeah, look, I, I agree because, and we spoke about this in our group chat actually recently. I think it was yesterday. And I always said that Ryan Pauls actually has to say this because let's just put out a scenario here where let's say they trade their first round pick, their first overall pick for whatever. Let's say they get really good comp and, compensation back and they get some good players and let's say we go into next year and justin fields doesn't improve he's the same guy that we saw this year we don't see kind of gradual or at least gradual improvements but your team improves to the point of where you're not going to be bad enough to be able to get a top three pick let's say something like that and then someone like bryce young comes into the league and does have a, a year like Patrick Mahomes. Now, I don't think that that's going to happen, but let's just say that does happen. If Ryan Poles then, if, if people have the story to where Poles didn't even speak to Bryce Young or CJ Stroud, we're going to have the exact same conversation as we did when Ryan Pace didn't speak to Patrick Mahomes and didn't speak to Deshaun Watson because he was so convinced in Mitch Trubisky. Now, you can completely believe in Justin Fields like I do, 
Like, I would be pissed if Ryan Poles traded him. If he traded him, I'd be like, I don't know about his evaluation now. So that's where he does have to kind of cover himself a little bit because he can then say, well, we spoke to him, we liked him, but overall, Justin is our guy and the compensation that we were going to get was too much, right? Like, that's what you have to look at as where he does have to kind of cover his basis, but he also has to do what's in the best interest of the franchise moving forward. Now, like I said, I think you can say with 99% certainty that Justin Fields is going to be the quarterback for the Bears moving forward. I would also say that we could be talking here in about a year's time and they could be talking about a contract extension for Justin Fields. I think that's very, very real Um, because that's the level of confidence I have in Justin Fields as a quarterback. I think his biggest issue has really been he didn't have an offensive line that really helped him. Um, And we saw how that helps quarterbacks. You just have to look at what happened with Jalen Hurts. When they were able to improve that offense, he was able to go from one level to the next. And I heard people kind of saying, well, the Eagles didn't come out last year and leave it open to interpretation. And for me, I'm like, those are like apples and oranges because the Eagles didn't have the number one pick in the draft. They didn't have the chance to be able to trade this pick for everything. They knew they weren't going to get it. Who are they going to draft? Kenny Pickett? Like he's nowhere near what Jalen Hurts was, even if he wasn't, even if Jalen Hurts was the same guy in 2021. So I think that's where some of this information comes from. And the other thing you have, to, you just have to do the due diligence, though. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. But the other thing you think about here as well is, is even even if he wasn't sure about Justin Fields, it would be madness for him to take a quarterback with a number one overall pick this year, anyway. What you want to be doing if you're Ryan Poles, even if you're not sure about Justin Fields, is you want to trade back, you want to get future first round picks, and then if you're going to the court, if you're going to the uh, next year's draft, where arguably the quarterbacks that are coming out are are, are better or, or future years, then you've got those first round picks to work with. So you've got another year for Justin Fields in the system for you to do your full evaluation with better talent around about him. And then you can go into next year still as probably a terrible team with a high draft pick plus another first round pick as well. So you, you set yourself up well regardless. And again, the caveat that that's not to say that I think that's the case before everyone has a meltdown. Yeah. It's just that that's what you should do if you're clever. Um, so it doesn't make any sense for Ryan Poles to stick at one and take a quarterback. And to be honest with you, I think most, most other teams around the league know that um and that's why they're, they're pushing this thing as much as they can um mm-hmm. just to try and create that that ounce of doubt in everyone's mind um but at the same time even if they weren't wanting to take anybody at number one there's still so many teams that other teams have to be concerned about moving up so that in itself creates competition and the likelihood that someone's going to trade with us as well but in my opinion um the other thing that i took from this um chat today as well is that we might not have to wait until the draft for this draft this trade to happen i genuinely genuinely believe and i said this to you the other day this will happen before free agency starts um and the the reason for that is that i i just think the polls wants to know exactly where he is exactly what he's working with and what he can expect to be able to get in the in, in the draft in terms of players um, that way, 
he can then set himself up in free agency to take certain players in certain positions rather than having to, you know, you can wait till the draft to get your free tech rather than going for Hargrave or something like that. You know, there's there's different, there, I think there's a scenario there where it's advantageous to know where you are before the 13th of March. I'm going to go a bit oppo here because I actually agree with you. I do think that they'll make a trade. Uh, I don't know if it'll be before free agency, but I think it'll be around the time of free agency. I think by the time we hit this April Fool's Day, so the 1st of April, I think the Bears will not be picking at the number one pick. But they may make another trade. Um, because before I didn't think actually it was going to be very like legit just because when I looked at it in terms of the quarterback market in, in the draft, I was like, yeah, there's three good quarterbacks. Now, I have these ranked way differently than kind of some people. I don't understand some of the talk about Anthony Richardson and stuff. I think that's absolutely ludicrous that people are saying that he's a top 10 pick. Makes no sense. Um, but when you look, I, I do think whoever the Bears trade back with, I think we are probably looking at one of Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, or Will Levis being picked number one. I wouldn't pick Will Levis at number one. I I probably wouldn't pick CJ Stroud. I'd be fine with Bryce Young at that point. Now, I think what's going to happen is that the Bears will move back. The thing is, I don't think the Bears are targeting the people, the guys people think they are. Like, when I hear them talk about the type of players they want, like hearing kind of Eberflus and hearing polls today talk about the three tech that they're looking for, that three tech, if they're being honest, which to be fair, it's the one honest comment I think that they did make because what polls just said is it's the type of three tech that Eberflus wants, which is the same type of guy he mentioned a year ago, that he wants length, he wants explosiveness. And like, again, I can't remember what was the word, length, explosiveness, and there was another phrase. Size. First, yeah, something videos, something yeah. like that. And the first thing that came to my head is I actually didn't think of Jalen Carter when it came to that point because I, I was just kind of comparing what Iberflus had in Indy in DeForest Buckner. And it just didn't fit quite right. And even the way they were talking about it, like the reporters were trying to say like the top two guys are Will Anderson and um, or they were trying to say like the two defensive players. And Pauls didn't really bite when it came to that. And that was the interesting part for me, where I actually think in a in what Pauls would like is to trade down twice and to end up at like seven, eight, or nine, get an offensive lineman or get Jackson Smith and Jigba or a wide receiver at that point. Because the, the one thing that you try and piece these together, and look, I know it's lying season, but all we can go off is what they said. Like, what Eberflus said today about a wide receiver wants a receiver that can kind of get open when it's the most important part, someone that Justin Fields can trust. This is a week after Justin Fields is saying he wishes they can go and get Jackson Smith and Jigba. And the fact that Eberflus said, if we find that guy, we're going to go get him. Like those are things Now it might not be in the first round, right? Like that could be a second round guy that he could be thinking of in his head. But for me, I think their ideal situation is not just staying within that top five. I think their ideal situation is trading back once and then trading back again. And we know when Pulse talks about getting more draft capital, I think that's the one time you actually get a bit of truth out of him because it's the same way he spoke last year and he actually kind of stuck to his word. Um, 
So it is interesting when it does come to that because I completely agree with you when it comes to when this deal could go down. The fact is, polls, I think if it's going down prior to free agency, I think that would mean that there has to be a player involved in any of these because that's what Polls mentioned. He said if it happens before free agency, it would be because a player is involved because then that means they don't have to go and sign somebody at that position. Now, I know there's been a lot of people talking about who could that potentially be. We can we can guesstimate here if we wanted, but I think you could talk. It depends on what team you're really talking about. I think that that's going to be a really hard one. I think if you're getting a player from a team, you're likely looking at a team that's in the range of like seven to eleven or twelve, because I don't think you're getting a player and the draft capital you want from the Houston Texans or the Indianapolis Colts. So I think if you're getting a player, it's probably someone from like the Titans, the Raiders. And the Falcons, um, I don't know who's ar- who's around that ty- that area as well. There's a couple of other teams around there. I think those are the only realistic ones if you're actually looking for a player, but also the draft capital you will want to move out of number one. I think the question you need to ask yourself as well is, do you want to trade down a couple of spots and pick up a few extra picks in the mid-rounds, maybe a- an extra second rounder? Or... Do you want to trade down outside the top ten? Um, to we talked about this the other day to uh, to the Titans at number eleven and maybe pick up I don't know three first rounders in a row, something something crazy like that for going down. And what you then have to say is, well, if I'm moving down that far, I'm picking up a lot of future investment here, but am I missing out on any major generational talent? Um, and what you then have to do is, well. Who that who I who could I pick in the top ten that I would consider to be generational talent when I don't need a quarterback? And could you get another player that's almost as good as these other guys are meant to be later on in the draft? And for me, the answer is probably yes, because we're talking about Jalen Carter, right? I think you could get another another three technique that could play pretty much at the same level, there or thereabouts, as Jalen Carter. Mm-hmm. You talk about Will Anderson. You know, Will Anderson is a great player, but there's also an argument over him needing to be in a certain situation. Um, you know, with the certain types of plays that he makes instead in, in terms of stunt plays, etc., that they get him a lot of these sacks sort of thing. And it might not translate to the NFL just as well. And maybe there's other guys that you can look at, like Tyree Wilson, um, even Will McDonald, who for we've been talking about Will McDonald for, for weeks now, and, and he's been touted to go in the, the third and fourth round, but I think you guy you go a lot higher than that. Um and then obviously we talked about Miles Murphy before as well. So I, I'm just to go on that. Think, is, is, is any of these guys generational that would say I'm happy just to move down a couple of spots and pick up a third rounder and a couple of fourth rounders and maybe a second next year versus dropping 10 spots and getting a couple of first rounders for 24 mm-hmm. and 25. The the thing is when it comes to the Three tech. I know obviously there's going to be a lot of people talking about Jalen Carter. There's going to be a lot of people talking about kind of Will Anderson. Look, they're, those guys are up there for a reason. They have traits that a lot of teams are going to covet. I think the point of this is I don't think it's as big of a deal if the Bears trade back that some people are making it out to be. Like for me, it's not a, a two-player draft. I, I think that Jalen Carter has potential. Do I think he's as good as... 
a lot of the analysts are saying that he's this like can't miss prospect. No, he's not because typically you want a guy that is an absolute game wrecker, maybe not 100% of the time, but the majority of the time. And I don't think that's going to be the style that Jalen Carter is going to bring to the NFL. I think we had this conversation in our group chat yesterday. We're like, Jalen Carter is going to be a guy that's going to make your defense look nice and it's going to make other guys be able to make plays. But he's not going to be the one that's always going to jump off the screen. And I think that's an important one. You mentioned a couple of the guys that, in terms of the defensive guys that people are talking about early in the first round. Obviously, we've I've seen like Daniel Jeremiah, who is very linked in, and he actually had Tyree Wilson going ahead of Will Anderson Jr. That kind of goes to show what where the differences are. And he doesn't just do that for no reason. He does it because teams have probably told them that they have Tyree Wilson ahead of Will Anderson Jr. They could be lying. Um, but then he had a guy like Lucas Van Ness in his top 10 as well, who at the beginning of this draft cycle, I think any mock draft you saw had him in like the second round. Mm-hmm. I think we've spoken about other guys like Mazzy Smith from uh, Michigan. We've spoken about Adeba Ware from um, Northwestern, who initially was in terms of when he was at Northwestern was more at the five tech, but then at the senior ball, he played at three tech and looked like really that's the position he should be playing when it comes to the next level. There's Kansi from Pittsburgh as well. He's another option that you could look at there. And that's what I mean. Like the bears may not get their kind of long-term three tech in free agency, but they may go for like a bigger deal, but a shorter deal in the guy like Javon Hargrave. Right. And then with that spend a second round pick on a three tech that can work alongside Javon Hargrave to learn from a guy that has done it, has done at multiple locations, both in Pittsburgh and in, and in Philadelphia and bring somebody in that they feel like has a lot of potential, but not take a guy at the top of the first round to do that. Maybe they just like, like, for example, maybe they like a pass rusher that hits free agency. Maybe they like a three tech that hits free agency more than the guys that they like in the draft. But then they're like, there's nobody at, I don't know, like center. There's nobody at wide receiver. There's nobody at, I'm not going to say like off the ball linebacker because I don't think they'll pick one in the first round. But let's say there's no wide receiver and there's no tackle that they like in free agency. Well, then that probably shifts that to a more important one in the first round if guys are rated very similarly on their board. And I think that's where fans have to realize that it's not just going to be if they are in that top five, it's not just Carter or Anderson. There's actually a lot of other opportunities there. And we've said this before. This is not a draft for absolute game changing elite talent at the very top because there's so many differences of opinion which we don't always get in that top 10 which kind of begs me to believe that i think ryan Poles is going to want to get as many draft picks as possible here because i think there's a lot of good talent and a lot of guys that in the middle of that first round are going to be kind of those blue chip type players but there is actually a lot of people that aren't really convinced at the top of the draft and that's a dangerous place to be in because we know there's a 50% miss rate in terms of the first round. And if you're not going to trade back and if you do stay at one, you have to make sure that your pick hits. Otherwise, like we all know, guys that miss at the top of 
the first round for a team tend to get fired and Ryan Poles knows that if he's able to move back and collect a lot of draft picks for this team, he can set the Bears up in a really good spot for the next three to four seasons to genuinely compete when you're going to pay Justin Fields as well. And I think that is really important. And it's something that we actually do have to consider that maybe he just doesn't want to stay at one and he does want to kind of move back a couple of times just to get more and more picks because maybe they just like somebody that maybe they don't think should be at the very top of the draft. But if they're in the range of 9, 10, 11, and they think they can pick up two extra firsts, an extra second, an extra third or fourth, maybe an extra player here or there, well, then that makes more sense to build this football team because I guess moving on to the next point, what I also got from this was, what I think it was Dan Weederer asked the question on about the value of the free agency. And he kind of went off that because he did say that there's not really a lot of value at the beginning, but you have kind of your kind of ranges. But he basically just said, free agency this year is about getting players that makes the Chicago Bears better. And that was a little bit different than last year because last year he was like, we're looking for value. I don't like shopping in the first wave of free agency. When this year, obviously, we know he has to shop in the first wave of free agency with all the money they have. But it was interesting to see how he went a little bit different there, that he was like, we just need to get good players on this football team because we have a lot of holes. I think that's the first time you're hearing a GM pretty much say what a lot of fans have been kind of talking about the last few months. Yeah, but at the same time, I think what you'll probably find is the Bears will go into free agency and I think everyone's expecting us to spend big money on big players, a lot of lot of money on a lot of players. I think they'll likely sign maybe three big contracts and then the rest of the free agency is going to be padding the team in terms of bringing in depth, quality depth, at a decent value price. Um, and again, it goes back to this whole point about not building your team through the free agency because it's not it doesn't work out well for you in the long term. Um, absolutely, you can get two or three big impact players in it, and you just have to pay extra than everybody else to do it. And we've got the money to do it this year, but that doesn't mean to say that we're going to be buying Saquon Barkley and guys like that. That's just not a realistic scenario, and it's not because we don't have the money. <laughs> I forgot and, to put it off. <laughs> not because we don't have the money, it's because it doesn't make any sense. It's silly to do that, you know. And there you go, Rochon Johnson. You know, there's plenty of um running backs in the draft that you can absolutely pick up. Um, but the point the point remains that if you're going to spend money, spend it wisely, even if you've got a lot. And we also have to remember as well, going back to the point about trading down, is this is a long, long game. This isn't just we're doing everything for 2023. We're doing it. We're doing all this for 2023, 2024, 2025, 2026. We want to build a sustainable franchise that's going to be up there challenging year in, year out. And you don't do that by going, right, okay, we're top of the draft. Let's take Jalen Carter. And then we don't pick again until 50-something. Do you know what I mean? stupid. They need extra picks. Yeah, you have to trade back. You have to get as many future first rounds as you can get, future second rounds as you can get, mid-round picks from this year. Anything you can get, you you absolutely get it. Unless, as I said again, you think you're missing out on a generational talent, there's absolutely no advantage to staying at the top. And I think there's going to be a lot of disappointed Bears fans this year 
for two reasons. Firstly, because we're not going to take Jalen Carter or Will Anderson in the top five. Um, we're going to move back and 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 pick up almost as kind of good players, if not better players, although they're not touted that way, but the media will tell you otherwise. And two, because we're not going to go out and spend stupid amount of money on every every player that's available that becomes free. You know, there's 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 ways to invest in this team and make it better mm-hmm. and see if you even get three blue chip players at different positions, you'd be shocked how much Im- improvement your team will make in a, in a short space of time um, because it elevates the other players around about them and gives them a better chance as well. There's 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 a there's a blueprint to try and make this happen and it doesn't involve going mental and making it rain, you know, because it's just it's just not realistic and it shouldn't be the way that Pose is approaching this. Sorry, sorry if we're bursting bubbles here today, but that's the way I'm, it's gotta be. I'm gonna tell you this, right? If the Bears move down, let's say they get to like 10 or 11 and they pick someone like Jackson Smith and Jigba, I'm buying the jersey. I'm gonna be that dope that buys the jersey at draft time because it, it it's like one of those where you see so many people like down shooting a guy for so long and you just keep I know it's that one that one year tape, but it's like it just would be a perfect connection. And I don't know. It's one of those that when you have like your guy, you're like, I really hope that they go out and get them. But it's gonna be interesting because a lot of this is really tough to know until we do find out who ends up getting um cut from some of these other teams. Because look, there's a lot of rumors out there right now. There's still loads of teams that need to get rid of guys to be able to sign players. Because we have to remember there needs to be teams not only need to get below the cap and be able to spend that way, but they also need to be able to sign their draft class. They need to be able to have money for the season. So teams that have to restructure contracts. I know I see so many people saying like the, the cap is fake and stuff like that. And to a certain level, if you have top players and you can restructure your contract, you can keep your top players but someone always gets sacrificed every single year. And that's what ends up happening. And that's why you see guys, they hit free agency and suddenly they go to another team and they look really, really good. So like, those are things that you do need to kind of look at as well. Like maybe there's a wide receiver that we don't think is going to hit free agency. And suddenly a team's like, we can't afford him anymore. You got to let him go. We can't resign him, And it works that way. Like, that's an interesting one to kind of go in at. Like this is gonna be this is gonna be one of those that it's gonna be an interesting one because one thing that Ryan Paul said that I kind of took at was when he spoke about free agency, he's like, you gotta be flexible. And for me, that was him saying, Well, there's gonna be things we don't know that's gonna happen yet. Like we can kind of estimate who's gonna hit free agency. But we don't know, like in 2022, what it was that suddenly a week into free agency, Lyle Collins gets released from the Dallas Cowboys. Nobody yeah. thought that was going to happen, right? And then he gets a pretty nice deal. You're going to see guys, and especially veteran pieces, because there's a couple of teams now that look like they're rebuilding and they're going to try and get out of it. I know there's the Rams as one. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers is probably another one as well, which we saw a couple of guys get released today. There will be other teams that will try and just get younger. And that's one of the interesting ones here. Um, there's a trade scenario here that I like. Brian Burns, 938 and a 2024 first round. If that happens, I'm 
I'm all for it because Brian Burns is an absolute game record. Uh, I don't know if, if they would offer that, but if you're able to get a deal like that, that's a no-brainer. You take it straight away. You get Brian Burns. You don't worry then about your pass rusher, right? And then I'd be like, at nine, I'd be happy going an offensive tackle or a wide receiver. And then honestly, at 38, I'd just trade down and get extra picks that way. Or at nine, maybe trade down. Like These are the different scenarios that could come up. And it's going to be very interesting to see what happens. But look, I guess one thing that I did want to mention before we finish the show, we have about nine minutes left until we finish up today. I think one of the things that he did let slip a little bit um, in terms of free agency was that the offensive line is a massive priority this year. Because when he said he was like, we have to add guys on the offensive line, he said, we need depth. He said something that we always say on the show, your starting five on week one is not your starting five on week 17. And that is so true. And when we talk about getting the offensive line better, and we talk about guards, we talk about centers, we talk about tackles, and people will say, but Tevin Jenkins played really well at right guard. I'm like, yeah, he's the starter. But what happens if he gets injured? You need somebody else that can do another adequate job there. We need, realistically, a viable player that can compete at left tackle. We probably need someone that can compete at left guard because I don't think we really believe in Cody Whitehair based on the season that he just put up. We don't have a starting center. You need somebody to at least back up Tevin Jenkins for the inevitability of when he gets injured because I think we can be honest and say he's not someone that stays healthy. Um, so you do have to look at that. You need a starter and a someone to kind of compete with that starter at right tackle. So like they need to add a lot on the offensive line. They need to add a lot in free agency. They need to add a lot via kind of trade, but also in the draft. So I think the way that they were talking about it, I think you could really tell that they know that the offensive line is a key priority. And you mentioned it earlier on the show. You said that you think that they give out three big contracts. I would be shocked if the first one isn't to a right tackle. Yeah. I, I I do think that they are going to sign a right tackle. I think I know if I had to guess who it's going to be. I think I know who it's going to be. Um, but we're not going to put that put that out there for until at least maybe a day before free agency. Just kind of putting the dots together. Um, but there's a lot of guys that are really good at analyzing the offensive line. They've kind of put out kind of some of the, their opinions on the top guys in free agency. Um, but again, we have to wait because there could be another guy that comes available that we're not expecting right now. And I think that's what's the key thing that the Bears need to fix. If they fix the offensive line to the point of where we can sit down in week one and say, I feel confident in this offensive line. I think that they're going to perform well. They may not be elite, but if they are above average to good, I think you see a different player in Justin Fields this year. I think people forget that he was kind of running for his life for almost the entire season. And that's why he had all those rushing yards. He said it himself. He's like, I don't want to run this much. But sometimes you have to do it. You see him on the sideline getting stretched out after every series. I mean, that just can't. There's no sustainability in in that approach at all. Um, It has to change. But you're right. I mean, listen, the bottom line is Rome wasn't built in a day. Or, or Chicago wasn't built in a day. There we, go. we can make it more uh, adequate for for the show. We're not going to get everything done the one season, you know. If we can, if we can look at the areas that are most important initially, 
then that's what we should do. And that means solidifying the offensive line, improving the defensive line. If you do those two things on their own, the rest of the, the team will play a lot better. We know the knock-on effect to the secondary of having an effective defensive line and a, an effective pass rush. Um, and we know the knock-on effect to the being able to, the passing game and the offense of the if, if the, the line can keep quarter, the quarterback on his feet and also if the, the running back can can get through the, the gaps, you know. So everything will open up from there. Um, that's why I don't think there'll be any huge wide receiver addition outside of the draft. Um, I think they might, you know, maybe they'll maybe poke around in the, in the trade market, but I, I would be genuinely shocked if they gave away anything significant in a trade for a wide receiver this offseason. I think you're going to be looking at a guy like maybe Smith and Jigba or a guy at the top of the, the second round, um, you know, one of those one of those sort of kind of uh, like Zay Flowers or, or mm -hmm. someone, one of those sorts of guys to try and beef up what you have there already and then fall back on the fact that you've taken Chase Claypool with effectively a top second round pick. Well, the first pick in the second round, really. It's basically uh, a first round pick at this point. It's basically <laughs> a first round pick, yeah. So, you know, they, they, they had to have had the foresight going into that trade, knowing that they were heading for that inevitability of picking in the top three at least. So they knew how much that was worth. So for me... I think Chase Claypool is a guy that the, the Bears have a lot more confidence in than than, than everybody thinks. Um, and you can't base last season off, uh, base your entire um, opinion on him of a last season. You have to see him in a functional offense with a full offense, a, a full off season to acclimate to not only the team, but the playbook and everything else around about it. Um, question there about Montgomery. Do you think Montgomery returns? I don't think he will return I, I think he'll have an offer from the Bears mm -hmm. and go and hit free agency and see what he can get uh, but I think he's going to be sorely disappointed if um, if he's looking to get paid mega bucks and that's nothing against him it's just against the I, position you know where, where I, I I kind of agree and disagree on this a little bit um so we'll go through all the questions that are going to come in now and then we'll kind of end the show from there so guys get your questions in it can be about free agency if you have a question about. I know we're talking a little bit of draft here as well, so you can get those in. I think this happens in, in two ways, and I think the Leonard Fournette does not help David Montgomery in terms of the money that he probably wants. I think there's two ways that this goes. I, I don't think the Bears want to spend big on a running back. I think they will sign somebody, and then I think after that they will draft someone as well. Um. Where I do see a potential for Montgomery returning to the Bears is if he hits free agency and the money isn't there to the level that he wants. Then I think he may come back and say, look, this is what we've been offered. And that money might actually be in the range that the Bears are willing to bring David Montgomery back. That's where I think that that could come in. If David Montgomery goes to free agency and he gets a decent contract from someone, I don't think the Bears are going to pay more. Um, I really don't because, look, there's there's two ways around this that the Bears can take this. They can stick with the strategy of they don't want to pay running backs highly, and then that's where I don't think Montgomery comes back, and they probably go for a veteran on like a one-year deal, and then they draft somebody and try and get their next guy in. Or if they try and see, let's stick to our strengths and sign a running back because we have all this money, front-loaded deal, 
well, if that's the case, why do you sign David Montgomery when you could potentially have too much better options in free agency in the likes of Saquon Barkley and Josh Jacobs? Now, I don't think either of those get signed by the Bears because I think they'll probably get too much money. And I don't think the Bears, are, they have too many holes to pay a running back that amount when Ryan Poles believes in Khalil Herbert. I think that's that's where I'm at. I do think that there's, I still think this is a 50-50 chance for Montgomery. I think it just depends on what the market is like. The more running backs that hit the market, the worse it will be for David Montgomery, in my opinion. Um, this one here says, which bigger right tackle name do you think is least likely a bear? So I think the three main options at the moment that you have are, um, you have Juwan Taylor, you have Caleb McGarry, and you have Mike McGlinchey are right now slotted in as the top three right tackles heading into free agency. And I think this all comes down to what do the Bears want? If they want an absolute mauler of a right tackle that has kind of average enough um, pass blocking, then they would target Caleb McGarry. Now, I actually put Caleb McGarry as the least likely because I think he resigns with the Atlanta Falcons, and that's the main reason there. Juwan Taylor, again, is the guy that has better pass blocking but is a terrible run blocker and really would need to improve that. And then that's the question is, what do you get a guy that can do one thing? And this is where I don't believe that that's the case, just because Ryan Poles basically came out today and said he needs guys that can do both. And there's Mike McGlinchey that we saw he had a lot of struggles this year. They may not want to go for Mike McGlinchey because of the injury concerns from the previous year heading into this year. So that's, that's another place where there is risk with that signing if they go for McGlinchey. I think he's more average on both in terms of he's a, be- he's a better pass blocker than Caleb McGarry. He's a worse run blocker than Caleb McGarry. He's a better run blocker than Juwan Taylor, but he's probably about on the same level as Juwan Taylor as a pass blocker. So that's where some of this comes in. It's going to be dependent on what Ryan Poles wants at that position. So personally, if I had to answer this question, I would just say Caleb McGarry because I think it's very likely he goes back to the Atlanta Falcons at this point. Um, But that's the only reason why I would go for that. I think the signing would just be based on what the Bears want from that position. Yeah, Caleb McGarry for me as well. And again, you just have to look at the the Falcons had just over 50 million in cap space before they released Marcus Mariota. So they're now up to 60-odd million um, and I was listening to their uh, GM speak today on uh, the NFL Network. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know, just reading between the lines, it feels like McGarry's a guy that they'll probably try and get bring back. So based on that alone, um, never mind anything else, I think that's probably the least likely big name right tackle. Yeah, for this one, um, where would you feel comfortable drafting Jackson Smith and Jake? But I, I'm in a different situation than most people. Really for me, I have him slotted anywhere. Like this is a caveat that he passes his medicals and all that sort of stuff, and teams are happy with that. If teams are happy with it, I would draft them anywhere between seven to fifteen. Personally, and um, I think that if there's question marks around his medicals, where maybe teams don't have his medicals until later on, you're probably looking at the end of the first round for a guy like Jackson Smith and Jigba. And um, that's where I think the Bears may be at, but. Again, you never know. Like they'll 
they'll have people inside the building that know a lot about him already. Yeah, I think Smith and Jigma is your George Pickens for me last year, to be honest with you. 100%. Uh, <laughs> I'll, be, um, I'll be devastated if he goes to like a team in our division. I'll, I'll be absolutely devastated. Yeah, I mean, I, I listen. I, I feel, I feel that devastation. That every time I look at George Pickens, I'm like, Jesus, what could have been? But yeah, absolutely, uh, Smith and Jake. But for me, I probably would. I'd take him anywhere outside the top ten, um, only because I feel like there's other players that mm -hmm. we could look to take that are probably more pressing needs than that particular position. Um, and I do feel like the wide receiver position is particularly deep in this draft. Um, so you'd be able to absolutely pick up someone um, of a similar ilk um, with your second or third round pick. Mm -hmm. And Foster mentions this. What about trading back and getting Witherspoon? D-line, O-line, edge. Um, yeah, like I said, I would like the Bears to trade back. Witherspoon's an interesting one because I think he fits the NFL game really well. He's one of those enticing kind of guys that just likes to go get picks kind of like uh digs for dallas where he may not be the best in terms of his overall kind of coverage but dude knows how to take away the football and that's that is a really good trait that a lot of these defensive coordinators really want verdismo puts a really interesting one in here we spoke about this at the beginning now i do think that orlando brown jr gets franchise tagged by the kansas city chiefs but i'll let you answer this one tony would you be happy or angry if the Bears signed Orlando Brown Jr.? Uh, I'd probably, you know, I wouldn't say angry because I don't think I'd I'd feel that upset about it. But I would be disappointed, uh, and maybe that's worse than angry. I don't know. I'd be disappointed um, if we signed Orlando Brown Jr. To be honest with you, um, for a couple of reasons. Firstly, I believe in Braxton Jones, um, mm -hmm. and I, and I think he can be a guy in, on this team. Um, and secondly, I feel that it will cost us a lot of money. Uh, and I don't think he is the type of player we need on our team. Um, I think there's there's questions over him um, and, and the kind of carry on he had when uh, he wanted to exchange positions and all this kind of stuff. And for me, I just don't think it's conducive to the Bears and what they want to do in terms of building that team chemistry. Yeah, I'm going to make this uh, next question very, very simple. Uh, I have a weird feeling we'll sign Marcus Mariota. Would you guys hate that? Absolutely not, because for me, he's closer to what you have in Justin Fields than Trevor Simeon is in terms yeah. of his play style. So for me, if it's actually better for the Bears, um, as long as you're not paying too much for him, I'd be happier with Marcus Mariota than I would be if Trevor Simeon had to go in, because I do think you could get by with Marcus Mariota in a game or two with Trevor Simeon. I think we all know kind of who he is. So really, I'm I'm not, I wouldn't be happy with that. A couple of other guys say that Mariota would be acceptable. Mariota would be a great backup. I'm I'm cool with Mariota, yeah. So that would be, that would be it'd, one. It'd be um, funny to have Mariota on the team after all this time, because we know back in 2015, Ryan Pace was trying to trade up to take Mario and that, and that, I think it was that 2015 draft, I can't remember. Um, and, and it obviously didn't come anything, but it'd be weird if he eventually made it onto the team. But yes, he would be the ideal backup for Justin Fields. And I don't think you're going to have to pay him a lot of money um, as, as it goes for backup quarterbacks, which aren't good backup quarterbacks aren't cheap. You know, you're, you're going to have to pay a wee bit for him, but nothing ridiculous, I don't think. All right, we're going to use this as the last question just because I'm a little bit salty on this one, right? Uh, how long until Matt Nagy found out as a fucking fraud as an OC again? Week one. 
<laughs> week one. That's it. That's it. And that's it. That's as long as he's doing the plays because they'll just throw the ball like 60 times, not run the ball. They'll probably sign like Saquon Barkley and then not give him the football. Well, <laughs> the question I've like. got, right, is what does Matt Nagy have on Andy Reid that he keeps giving him a job? I like, know. That is crazy. I just I don't understand it. And I, even I, if he I, does become the OC, there's no guarantee he'll even get to call the plays I, again. I figure this, I figure this out, right? Andy Reid definitely has a fetish for bald people. <laughs> Think about it. Matt Nagy and Eric B. Enemy. That's all. <laughs> That's yeah, what it yeah. is. But look, it's it's gonna be it, it's a it's a fun question there. But look, I think overall it's we're finally getting into the period of time where the offseason gets interesting. Um guys, thank you for all your comments in here. We have a lot of videos that have come out already this week. Um and there's gonna be more. There's a bunch of kind of free agent targets that we've put in. Some is just to have the conversation kind of brought up. Um, so like for example, things like Draymond Jones is a video on him, a video today that Ant did if Michael Thomas was available, would that be a worthwhile one? There was a I did a Javon Hargrave and a Josh Jacobs one, and Null has an Ethan Pochich one coming out as well. And then we have a bunch of other guys on the offense. So I think uh, Juju Smith Schuster is one coming is gonna be coming out this week. Um, what's one of the other? Uh, there's a couple of other right tackles and stuff that's going to be kind of coming out. And look, the one thing is check out those videos, get your comments in on those videos because realistically, those are the ones where we get to listen to you guys who you want us to have a look at and see a bunch of the right tackles that you guys have mentioned today. Like Caleb McGarry is there. We did, you did one on Mike McGlinchey last week. There's going to be one on Juwan Taylor this week as well. So make sure that you do check those out. We will be live on Thursday during the scouting combine, just kind of having a look at that and giving our own opinion on, on those as well. We could possibly be live on, on Saturday if you guys enjoy those shows, uh, if you enjoy the show on Thursday. Um, because, look, we're going to be getting closer and closer to free agency. There might be more rumors that is going to be an interesting one for us to talk about. So, look. Like I said, like those videos, comment on them. If there's anybody you want us to talk about in particular, if there's anybody that you want us to invite on for the show to talk about as well or to talk with, let us know because we're open to what you guys want to see from the channel, what you guys want to see and hear about in relation to the Chicago Bears. But look, it's been a really nice time being able to talk about the Bears here and finally actually getting something where some exciting news can be coming in the next two weeks and i think that's that's really really good for us in terms of chicago bears fans but also just so that we can kind of see our team finally improve and be able to estimate kind of where we're going to be in 2023 so like uh like uh Bear says fuck naggy bear down hit that like button and until next time <laughs> all we can say is bear down folks bear down. <laughs>